0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: July 16th, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Tonight is the writer and director of the amazing new movie, Sorry to Bother You. Boots Riley is here, everyone! Man, I'm excited about this movie. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Ah, yesterday was the final match of the 2018 FIFA World Cup, and it was très bien the champagne is flowing in France. The French squad
0: overpowering underdog Croatia 4-2 to earn their second World Cup championship. French President Emmanuel Macron was jubilant in the stands, to say the least. Tens of thousands of soccer fans partied well into the night along the Champs-Élysées. Yes!
1: Yes, I'm so excited! Africa won the World Cup! 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 I mean, look, I get it, I get it. They have to say it's the French team, but look at those guys, huh? <laughs> look at those guys. You don't get that tan by hanging out in the south of France, my friends. <laughs> Basically, if you don't understand, France is Africa's backup team, right? Once Senegal and Nigeria got knocked out, that's who we root for, you know? It's like, it's like when Paul Simon wins a Grammy, we're like, yes, we'll take that too. Thank you very much. <laughs> in other news, it seems like pizza magnate Papa John has been eating a little too much crazy bread. Tonight, Papa John is gone. John Schnatter stepping down as chairman of the company he started three decades ago. The controversy stemming from racial slurs he used during a conference call two months ago. Schneider acknowledging trying to justify previous negative comments he made about NFL players taking a knee, saying Colonel Sanders called blacks the N-word, and complaining that the KFC founder never faced public backlash. Ironically, the call's intent was to prevent future PR disasters. You know, I always knew Papa John would one day have to apologize in public. I just thought it would be for his pizza. <laughs> Also, I love how his PR damage control strategy was to try and throw Colonel Sanders under the bus, (laughs) which is not gonna work, because we already know Colonel Sanders said the N-word. Just look at him, look at him. (laughs) That guy looks like he was in the room when they came up with that word. (laughs) But that just goes to show you how good the man's chicken was. Black people were like, I think he owns slaves, but goddamn if he didn't nail those 11 (laughs) herbs and spices. All right, let's move on to today's top story. If your name, if your name is Vladimir Putin, then today was a very good day. Because today, the president of the United States took your side in a fight between you and the United States. Breaking news, siding with Putin. President Trump comes out of his meeting with the Russian president and rebukes U.S. intelligence agencies.
0: The president is standing with the Russian president
1: while trashing his own country.
2: The president of the United States will not say he believes his own government over President Putin.
0: I think that press conference was the single most embarrassing performance by an American president on the world stage that I've ever seen.
1: Damn. The most embarrassing performance by an American president. Do you know how hard it is to achieve that? George H.W. Bush once threw up on the Japanese (laughs) prime minister (laughs) and Trump is now on top. And and just so we're on the same page here, we're on the same page, right? Uh, When they set up this meeting last month, no one knew what it was meant to be about, right? They never knew what the meeting was for. They they didn't know if it was gonna be about nuclear weapons. Was it gonna be about the war in Syria, missile defenses in Europe? Uh, I mean, maybe it was just gonna be Trump going in to see Putin for his annual performance review. No one knew what it was. (laughs) The meeting had no agenda, right? But then on Friday, Robert Mueller dropped a bombshell directly charging 12 Russian military intelligence officers with hacking Democrats during the presidential campaign in an effort to sway the election, which was major news. Like, the news was so big that it sent Cardi B into labor. (laughs) She's like, Robert Mueller dropping indictments, this baby coming out now. So now, so now, the formerly purposeless meeting between Trump and Putin had a meaning, right? It was time for Trump to put his foot down. And he did, right on America's dick. Just now, President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. Who do you believe?
0: All I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coats came to me, and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be.
1: Really? You don't see any reason not to trust Vladimir Putin? The man was a top KGB spy. He'll steal the shirt off your back. Hell, he stole the shirt off his own back. You can't trust this man. (laughs) On the list of people to never trust, Putin is right between WebMD and the mom from Get Out. How can you say this? I don't know why not to trust him because he said it. Like, now I see why Sherlock Holmes fired Trump as his assistant. Sherlock was like, well, you see, Watson, Trump, uh, the mud on his boot contains an oxidant rich soil found only in the small section of riverbed where the murder took place. Yeah, but he says he didn't do it. (laughs) My God, how did you even get this job? Electoral college. (laughs) So basically, Trump believes Vladimir Putin over his own national security team. And he didn't just let Russia off the hook for election meddling, he blamed both countries for the breakdown in their relationship. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular? And if so, what would you, what would you consider them that they are responsible for?
0: Yes, I do, I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago. Uh, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. And I think we're all uh, to blame, but uh, I do feel that uh, we have both made some mistakes.
1: Now, in in Trump's defense, he has a good point. Sure, on the one hand, Russia messed with the US by meddling in their elections, but on the other hand, America held elections, so they were asking for it. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. And look, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I wasn't expecting Trump to cuss out Putin to his face, but you have to admit, It's pretty wild for the president of the United States to defend Russia against the United States. It's like seeing your team's cheerleader pumping up the other side. It's like, go team! And also their team. Both teams, but mostly their team. (laughs) I mean, come on, Trump. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. (laughs) And, And once again, once again, all of this brings up the old question of what exactly is going on between Putin and Trump. And we still don't know. Like, we may never know. But in a way, it almost doesn't matter, because you have to ask this question. If Trump was some sort of Russian Manchurian candidate, what would he have just done differently? Right? Would there be a difference? I mean, in the past week, he's been tearing apart NATO, he declared the European Union America's foe, and now he's taking Russia's side on hacking America's elections. And... He's slamming America's intel agencies. But, but it turns out there is one law enforcement organization Trump does trust, it's
0: Russia's. President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Are you shitting me? So, so Putin offered to help
1: investigate his own crime <laughs> and President out of the deal over here says, what an incredible offer. <laughs> like, how is this real life? Either Putin has something on Trump, which is why he's doing whatever he wants, or Trump is just an idiot who got played. And honestly, I, I don't know, like, what did we expect? This is what you get when you put a KGB agent up against a KFC agent. <laughs> we'll be right back. Our guest tonight is the writer and director of the critically acclaimed new film, Sorry to Bother You. Please welcome, Boots Riley. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Can I just say, I watched this movie, and there are a few films that have left me. Like, I remember, genuinely, The Matrix was the last movie that left me. Mo- like, like, had me leaving a cinema, not knowing what I thought about the world. This film has been phenomenal. Word of mouth is blowing it up everywhere. Did you expect this when you directed and wrote it?
2: Uh, of course, you know, I have big dreams, so I hoped for it, but I did not expect it. Right. I, uh, I, I think what's happening is, one, it's a, it's a funny movie, and people aren't used to have, thinking and laughing at the same time with right, the, right, the right. way the movies are right now. And so, uh, yeah, I think people are, are seeing something new that should have been in cinema already. It's... And-
1: it's a, it's a story that, that, that's fascinating. And you, you base it on a piece of your, your real life. So for those who don't know, Sorry to Bother You basically follows the story of a young man who works in telemarketing. He gets a job as a telemarketer, and he's trying to figure out how to make money, how to make sales. And we saw in the clip there you know, uh, Danny Glover says to him, hey man, you've got to practice your white voice. Yeah, Which is such a powerful moment because it talks to code switching and the whole idea of changing to make ends meet.
2: Yeah, and, and I have to say that clip is edited so some of the subtlety is taken out because there are all sorts of levels. He says, I don't mean Will Smith white, that's not white, that's just proper. Right, and right, right. Um, you know, he explains the idea which is that there is no white voice, that all of this stuff that we're doing is a performance of some sort. And the mythical idea of the white voice is this one where there are no problems, where you've got your bills paid, you never get le- you never get fired, you just get laid off. Right, right. You know, that sort of a thing that, that is almost the opposite of the racist black tropes, the racist tropes of black folks. right. right, right. Which are that we're savage and um, all our problems, poverty, our poverty comes from bad choices that we make so the opposite of that is this mythical white voice that right we sometimes have to put on in order to survive
1: i feel like you you've never put on that voice as a person like you know uh for those who don't know you i mean you are you're known in the oakland san francisco community as a rapper uh you you wrote this uh, this this story it wasn't picked up for a long time um you believed in it though so you kept on pushing it but you don't strike me as the kind of person who's ever said, "I'm going to blend into the world. I'm going to I'm going to be what everyone wants me to be." And this movie is definitely not that as well. Did you have you ever been in a place where you thought to yourself, "Let me just blend in and and try and make the money the normal way?" Well, no, but except <laughs> I mean,
2: I did do telemarketing and I had some version of the white voice, and I was. It was in order to sell sell that, and what what that is over the phone is a little different than the one that people have to do, like, in their corporate job, where people see that they're black, but, hey, I'm talking in a way so you know that I am not dangerous, or something like that. But in the movie at the beginning, and over the phone when I was doing telemarketing, it was... I'm lying to you and you I want you to think that I'm white so that you will spend some money with me. Right. And, and that's that's, <laughs> that's a testament to the racism that exists out there.
1: A lot of the story is about mega corporations and, and these yeah. super billionaires making so much money and their employees struggling just to make ends meet. Exactly,
2: because... And, and it's funny, because movies don't usually deal with that, even though it's something that... They don't usually deal with the struggle that's right. happening. Rebellion is edited out of the worlds that we create with our movies, unless it's like 300 years from now in some world we can't relate to. But what's happening now is the product of us ignoring what's been going on for a long time. And that's... Us living in this system—it comes from the economic system that we're under—and this this uh, film does deal with race, but it deals with race as it intersects with our with the economic
1: system we're in. It's one of those films where, honestly, if I tried to describe it to somebody, I would be doing it uh, a disservice. All I say to anyone who will listen to me is, go and watch this <laughs> movie. You will not regret spending that cash. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate- to bother you is in theaters now. I promise you you'll love it. Boots right, everybody. Yo, man. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com.